Greetings, Earth Dwellers. You've got me under pressure, waiting for the hammer to fall. Yet, I thank you for tuning into Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, and that guy? That guy's Kevin. And once a week, we gather to discuss our baseless, uneducated opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock and roll history. Random angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. So, good evening again, Mr. Woods. How are you? Doing fine, Mr. Brown. How about yourself? How's things? I'm doing all right. I've got a little bit of a sniffle. Hope it doesn't in, doesn't turn into a lot of a sniffle. Um, mm. But other than that, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's been flipping cold for last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what can you do about that? It's Saskatchewan in the winter. We chose to live here, so... That's right. Well, actually, uh, yeah, we did choose that, didn't we? I guess some chose more. I chose to move here and stay yeah, here. I was just going to say, really, if anybody was really doing more choosing than the other, it was you. <laughs> I am the chief chooser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Randy, Randy, tell me, what is, what is this podcast all about? What are we doing here? Well, Kevin, I'll tell you what, the, the, uh, the whole mantra of this podcast is that we listen to Queen songs, and they're generated at random with a fancy wheel that spins around and gives us a song. Uh, and a lot of times I've never heard it before because I'm just sort of a fan on the uh, on the outside. And odds are pretty good that you will know the song. And so we just talk about it at length. And, uh, and we genuinely, truly appreciate anybody that's listening to this moronic rambling. So, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> On with the moronic rambling. <laughs> we should put that on the tagline. That should be the strap line for the show here. <laughs> moronic rambling from Kevin and Randy. Yes, we should. <laughs> yeah, so Randy's the sort of the greatest hits fan is the way we have this set up, and I'm the quote unquote. Well, I'm not. I, can't, I cannot use the word expert. I certainly can't use the word expert because there are people whose in-depth knowledge of the band um, and the minutiae of when things were recorded and all those types of things are infinitely greater than mine. But I know the catalogue pretty much inside out and have done for almost my entire life because queen are the, the first album came out three days after i was born so you know i've lived with these guys and my parents were big fans so i'm here to sort of you know say oh yeah you like this listen for this or yeah, i don't know if you like this no you like that okay yes that is kevin's job you don't like that oh you like this oh you like that <laughs> hey weirdo all right, you know what we should do, Randy, is we should go ahead over to, talking about our listeners, we should head over to the old Twitter. Yes. That uh, has not burned to the ground yet, you know. Rumors of their demise were slightly uh, premature, I think. Well, I got to be honest with you, I, I thought maybe they might. And, I mean, they still might yet. They might. But as long as they're there, we will be on them and we will be talking about Queen. And if they go away, we will find a different place to talk about Queen and we'll still keep making these podcasts. So, you know what? Fuck you, Elon Musk. Yes. Down with billionaires. Eat the rich. Absolutely. So, um, our poll from last week. Uh, last week's episode was "Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy." Our poll, and, and we don't really yes. have a lot. We don't really have a lot more to dig back into with this one because I think we we covered everything as much as I wanted to. And I kind of listened to a, a couple of live versions. They're you know great as you would expect, but um, I, not too much else to say about this one. I don't know if you sort of did anything retrospectively or or afterwards or. No, 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 I agree. And, and it, you know, there again, this is also 
you know, one of the ones that I'm extremely familiar with and, and that I, and that I love. And, and I don't think we, I don't think we minced words about that, uh, last week, but we did do the poll as always. And, uh, I think it was pretty much, uh, pretty much, a a, a wash. Absolutely. 97% champion, 3% bites the dust. Yeah. So we just have a, a contrarian, I think. Okay, so yeah, our uh, regular listener, I think, New Mercury, uh, PJ, uh, says, I think I forgot how good this is until I listened to it again, uh, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. There's so much to it for a fairly short song. I went with a meal for a few relatives recently, and this was on in the restaurant, and I said, that bit there was Mike Stone. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great, though, when you, when you sort of... I get into that all the time. Oh, Tom Petty comes on, you know, our Queen comes on. Oh, did you know this? This and everyone goes, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah. if you're a fan, you care, but no one else gives a shit, yeah. right? So. Hey, everybody, listen to me. I've got this useless bit of information that you don't care about. <laughs> I have all this information, and I'm going to say it all into your face, and I want you to listen to it before you speak yeah. again. Acknowledge yeah. my brilliance. <laughs> Um, our friend Dita, my chameleon days, says a champion. The stars really aligned during the writing and recording of the song. Everything fits. There's no fat to be found. Lyrics, music, production, everything is top notch. Oh, and I always had something like this in mind when thinking about driving my saloon. So he's put a poster of an old, that's an old roller, yeah. right? An old Rolls Royce, like one of the really early models. And that, I kind of, because I, I kind of said back, yeah, that does fit thematically. And I think that I was kind of, I was misremembering what a handsome cab is rather than a saloon. And I think that, yeah, a four-door saloon or a two-door saloon. That kind of makes more sense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lisa Malloy says this is going to be a clear champion, a perfect song from start to finish, and she was pretty much bang on. There was one contrarian, I think, but uh, Stuart Charlesworth, two minutes, 54 of musical perfection. I agree with pretty much everything you said on the podcast and everything shared here. Well, thank you very much, Stuart. Also, it is beautifully queer and so positive and joyful about it. Uh, the song makes me smile just thinking about it. What a band, what a song. I hadn't really taken a. I hadn't sort of sort of the it being queer. I didn't. I hadn't sort of thought about that at all. I'd have to go back and listen to it with that slant on it and see how I feel about that because I think that's an interesting observation. Um, cheap B movie. So that's a reference to a lyric in a song that I'm guessing you don't know, Randy. The song You're headlong. right there, Kevin, because I don't know what that means. Ah, there we go. So that's a that's a deep cut reference in the uh, in the Twitter handle. It says I just love the way they serenade us with this one. Definitely a champion. And then Darren Halliwell uh, says, a great song, a big fan when Freddie writes songs in this style of music. And there are quite a few of those. I think I was, I was thinking about that today. I might actually throw together at some point a playlist of these sort of, you know, Seaside Rendezvous, um, Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy, all the ones that have that sort of slightly camp, slightly vaudeville, you know, sort of music hall type feel to them. Because that would be an interesting thing to to put together, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's in a, it's in a throwback to an earlier style, right? Yeah, and they do Absolutely. and they do such a good job of it, right? Yeah, some lovely words from Rob Hatton um, at Blackwit Jeff on Twitter. You guys did a stellar job hand- handling this delightful track. Loved the episode. Uh, this em- this song embodies everything Queen did right in the seventies and contrasts so much with what they got wrong in the eighties. All four members are putting their all into it, working together in service of the track. Fucking great summary. We, we, we instead of doing forty five minute episode, we could have just put that tweet out, really, couldn't we? Well, maybe just going forward, we'll just uh, we'll we'll just get Rob Hat to summarize, and then we'll just talk about his summary. <laughs> yeah, no, good. It's yeah, he's he's right. Uh, at Brian Crozier, no other artist could have written and recorded this. Eleven thousand out of ten. Yeah, and I really like that comment in particular because I really feel that way. Like, what other band could have done that? Like, honestly, seriously, yeah. I, I, 
I mean, I suppose there's someone, but yeah. It's like you said, though, too. I, I, I think you responded to a, di- a comment on a, on a different sort of thread that... Or maybe, yeah. A lot of bands, you know, struggle to find their sound early on. But Queen's sound was pretty much almost fully formed coming out of the gate, and they knew exactly who they were, and they knew yeah. how to lean into it, you know, and how to get the best out of that. Yeah, 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 good point. Um, I had said in the episode that I thought that maybe um, Mike Stone in this episode was the first non-Queen member to provide a vocal on a song. Um, and I, thanks to Paul Bradbury for pointing out that I was wrong on that. Um, and he says that goes to the debut album's producer, John Anthony, who did Look Out at the end of Modern Times Rock and Roll. So I stand corrected or I sit corrected. Good. That's good. Our buddies, uh, uh, Queen Rocks in Australia. What do you get when you take all you have learned from Killer Queen, Leroy Brown, Sunday Afternoon, Seaside Rendezvous, and mix it all together? The vaudevillian pop perfection that is Loverboy. A shame it was the last of its kind Fred wrote for Queen. Agree, Kev, the solo is sublime. And Lisa Malloy again uh, finishes up. Agree, it's a banger. A Date the Race isn't my favorite album, but this song, along with Somebody to Love and Tie Your Mother Down, are standouts for me. So yeah. a lot of love for this song. Yeah, and uh, obviously we expected that. So, I mean, frankly, if, if that hadn't been a blowout poll, I might have just packed the whole thing in, to be honest with you. And I'd leave you to it. You could find a new co-host. You know, I'm sure you'd find someone equally burbling and moronic, you know, you could to, to, to ramble with. And I would have just gone and gotten about my life. Well, I got to admit, I was pretty close to letting you go there. So, so I'm glad this has all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I actually, you know, and I do believe we had said that uh, on on a, uh, an earlier episode. But yeah, to me, uh, that song is was one of those songs. You don't like that song, you don't like Queen. So, so I'm not sure. Yeah, whoever whoever downvoted that one, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe they weren't even listening to the podcast, and they were just being ever the contrarian like some yes, people are right they are and and that's fine they can uh they can downvote us on twitter all they like it's okay and you know and you know what fine if you want to do that if you want to be that way and just you just be that way but you know what you put out negative energy into the world you're not helping brother you know that's just you know <laughs> uh I'm thinking of being a lifestyle guru randy do you think that's a good plug if you, if, you know if, if you're going to put negative energy out into the world that's a good tag. I can do that. I can sell books with that, can't I? I think you can, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think you should title it What Comes Around Goes Around because that's uh, really an original thought. <laughs> yeah. What goes around comes around. It is what it is. <laughs> eh, what are you going to do? Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a hymn from the church of Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Kevin and I are... Uh, Pastafarians. Absolutely. 100%. Touched by his noodly appendage. That's we both. <laughs> uh, we're also both drinking, unaware and unbeknownst to each other, we're drinking the same beer tonight. We're both drinking a, a beautiful little milk stout by a Black Bridge Brewery in mm-hmm. um, Swift Currents. Regina, uh, Swift, Regina, Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Anybody that ever gets anywhere near Saskatchewan should really try one. Uh, they're a fantastic brewery, and this is a fantastic milk stout, actually. They're also really good people. Yes. Aside, but... Okay, well, enough of that jibber-jabber, Randy. Should we uh, spin the wheel and see what we're getting today? Kevin, I just had a thought as you were saying oh, that. okay. I was kind of wondering if maybe we should just spin that fucking wheel and get on with it. Well, we should, but you know, we, we always talk about before we spin this wheel is... Whether or not there's something that you've been 
thinking about that you might want to listen to or an era or an album or i just want a real i just want a real deep cut i want something i want something that's gonna really make me consider my vote not it's not not a slam dunk one way or the other uh that's what i'm hoping for what about you kevin well, you know what? I'll I'll go with that then. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's 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 look for something off either Hot Space or Kind of Magic. I think because there's a, there's quite a lot of stuff on that on those two albums that fall into that sort of territory. Cool. Um, that we that we can get there's some some meat on those bones. So let's let's hope for something from one of those. So, so give me a number between one and six. Three. Okay, I'm gonna shuffle three times. One, two, three. Okay, are you ready for the spin, Mister Woods? Was born ready. Okay, let's spin this bugger. Oh, and look at this. Well, 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 well. We called for something off, or I called for something at least, off uh, either Hot Space or Kind of Magic, and it's something that you don't know, and I'm guessing that you do not know this song. Well, you're guessing correctly. I, I mean, at least from the title, I, I don't think I know the song. Uh, but I'll tell you guys what it is. It is Action This Day off of Hot Space. Beautiful. Okay, so this one, Randy, is, I would say, out of the catalog, is one of ones that I'm not not as familiar with. I know the song, obviously, but it's one that I don't listen to a ton anymore. And I'm kind of curious to see, like, you know, when we listened to Heaven for Everyone, I was sort of wondering whether nostalgia was sort of you know, change my perception of the song, you know, uh, subjectively. Yeah. Um, this one's another one that I think will be interesting to listen back with a, a fairly fresh set of ears because I don't listen to Hot Space a ton. It's not one of my favorite Queen albums. Um, and this song isn't one that I have on any of my playlists, so I don't go back to this one. But bringing up the lyrics, as soon as I saw the opening lyrics, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember exactly which song this is. So, And uh, I guess this is a, a Roger Taylor song. So it'll be interesting to see and hear the lyrics, and if we're gonna have to uh, have to mention that uh, we think he's a shitty lyricist. Yeah, and just reading up on this a little bit, Randy, the the title comes from a quote from um, wartime leader and otherwise somewhat despicable human being, Winston Churchill, um, and it was uh, a sort of a red label to the most important memoranda and military orders that he sent to his staff and on which were written action this day in black capital letters. So action as in the verb rather than, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got that from a Queen, All the Songs by Benoit Clerc, which is um, a book that kind of has as much information as the author could find on, on each individual song. And I think we'll maybe start referring back to that a little bit more because there's definitely a little bit more information there or complementary information uh, to what we can find on Wikipedia and, and quickly sort of Googling. So, Yeah, fair dinkum. And so this is... Also, you know, from Hot Space, which uh, was produced by Ronald Mack, who's the same guy who did the game. I'm pretty positive on that. I don't think I'm wrong on that one. Um, yeah. I got something wrong last week. I think I'm right on that. But it, this is where where I think he got everything right on on the game. Yeah. Hot Space, sometimes I feel that the production wasn't great and it didn't really show Queen. You know, we talked earlier in the episode about Queen had a specific sound. They knew what it was and they leaned into it. Well, they got away from that on this album. And I think this is one of the songs where it doesn't really line up with what you expect from Queen. So I think it'll be interesting to, uh, to sort of see how I feel about that now. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, uh, 
us as uh, listeners, we are wanting our favorite bands to sound the same. But I know from personal experience as an artist that you're always trying to change and evolve and adapt. And I guess uh, that's exactly what these guys were doing at that time. And uh, the uh, lovely uh, folks down at Wikipedia, they say that this is their 10th album, which uh, seems pretty reasonable. Seems like uh, maybe there was nine before this. So uh, <laughs> uh, given the amount of fingers and toes I have, I'm going to say that that's true. And yeah, I was just also reading here too, Kev, uh, that uh, Roger Taylor said that it was actually John Deacon who uh, turned the band more towards a disco sound. Uh, and he went on further to say that John was always R&B orientated. He wrote Another One Bites the Dust, which was their biggest selling record of the year. And uh, he says, I think that's the song that catapult catapulted us into taking that road. And he added, I think we went too far and did too much. Everybody in the band feels that way now. Which, of course, hindsight being 2020, uh, Rogers, well, I th I think he's correct. But like I said, as an artist, I'm sure at the time, you know, you've got to push the boundaries. You've got to try new things. You've got to take risks. And that's what they were doing. And maybe it just didn't land for us, uh, the listener. Well, it's one of those things that I I always have mixed feelings on that. Like, I know when, you know, we've talked about another favorite band of mine, Foo Fighters, the last couple of albums that they released, I've just... <sighs> They're not for me, and it's not It's not that they're bad. It's just I don't like the way they're produced. I don't like the way they're sound, and they're, they're arranged, right? And it's more to do with that sort of poppy, pop rock, pop kind of feel to it, where they were always a little bit a little bit more meatier, you know, earlier. So, again, I, but I still appreciate the fact that they want to try to do something different because a band trying to evolve, well, that's a good thing. That's always a good thing, as long as they know when they've had misfires, and they come back to okay, well, you know, from that experience, what we what we thought was good from that was this. So we'll take that and we'll keep that. And the stuff that was shit and didn't work out, well, we'll we won't do that again, right? So and I think the bands that learn and do evolve, they always kind of last a little bit longer. And I think Queen managed to get through. Well, <laughs> I would say we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it on later albums, but I, I think they avoided the pitfalls of going too far into the disco stuff. Yeah, well, and. I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess for me, I always appreciate a band that does explore and does push, uh, whether it hits or misses. Uh, I mean, you can't deny the success of a band like ACDC who wrote the same song for 35 years, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Queen didn't do that. And, uh, you know, you and I are talking about them on a podcast. So maybe in a way they, they did do something. They're pushing the boundaries is what's, is what's you know, driving this conversation. So absolutely. Yeah. And and again, sort of it's the main reason you do a podcast like this is it would be quite dull actually if we just said, Oh, it's a great song every week. I would hope that there would be some stuff where we actually have something to talk about. And I think again, I'm, I'm, I think this might be one of those songs. I'll have to, like I said, I, once we get into it, I, the the sort of the memory floodgates open. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll love it again. I don't know. We'll see. Should we get started? Let's give it a spin. Straight out the bat, out the gate, sorry, it's got like a really new wave 
almost like a talking heads that kind of feel to it right yeah yeah it's got it's got a it's got a driving beat man i don't know i, I don't mind it so far <laughs> and, I, and i think probably quite like the interplay between the that bass line and the very rhythmic guitar very rhythmic yeah. guitar right yeah 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 You know what I can't help thinking though with that with that groove is I, I almost expect to go my Sharona. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely got a little, but you know, uh, who who sings my Sharona? I forget the knack. Was it? I think it was yeah, the knack. That's right? right. Well, anyhow, you know they don't own copyright on. <laughs> you know, so. Queen's allowed to use it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit of a different delivery from Freddie too, hey? From anything, you know, if you're sort of familiar with the 70s stuff, it's very aggressive and attacky. You know what I mean? Like, it's got a, a real edge to it. Yeah, he's yeah, he's totally singing balls out. And, and I, just as just before he stopped it, I, I was thinking, because we've, we've gone on about Roger Taylor and his, like, big toms and his, like, you know, big deep snare and whatnot. And, and this is a drum machine, and I'm not sure if it's a Lynn drum or what it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, but it's and and you can tell, hey. I mean, you can really tell. It doesn't have that signature Taylor Roger Taylor sound, right? Yeah, and I think that was the one of the things that was sort of most jarring about Hot Space was especially yeah. side one was a lot of that stuff was very, very electronic, and even some of the basses, you know, it's electronic bass, and it, you know, you get this sense of what well, the fuck is this? It's not rock and roll. Like I, I'm a Queen fan, I'm expecting this. Well, I don't know what to do with this, you know? Yeah, it always makes you wonder. I mean, you know, it, it was just it was just the era, I'm sure. But you know, what comes to mind is uh, Eliminator with uh, the, the the use of the drum machine in that. Yes. Well, in both cases, you have two very capable drummers, mm -hmm. completely, you know, super talented people. Uh, they either get talked into it, or, or I mean, I'm sure some drummers embraced it, but it just it does make you wonder because Roger Taylor could have played that beat, and Easily. they could have and they could have made it sound electronic if they wanted. I mean. So I guess why, who knows? Well, I mean, you know, I guess certainly uh, timing is, is, is not yeah. an issue, right? Well, I think it's, it's, this, it's the new toy, right? It's the thing that, oh, I mean, everyone's doing this. We should have a, we should have a go. Let's play with it. Or sometimes like it's a case of, I know with, with my other podcast, with Penny the Heartbreaker, sometimes it was a case of, well, there's this instrument in the studio. Let's just fuck around with it, see what it does. You know, let's see well, if we get anything out of it, you know? That's something too. And, and I mean, I know it happens, continues to happen to this day, but anytime a company like Lindrum or whoever it is, uh, comes up with some new piece of tech. Well, they send it out to the top artists. They send it. They send it out, and they say use it, and you know, in hopes that it spurs sales. And of course, it does, right? It showed it. Showed it with Lynn drums. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. everywhere. Yeah.
Okay, so what's missing from this song that you identify with Queen instantly? For the most part so far, what's not really there? Well, the signature Brian guitar. There we go. Yeah, there's nothing in it, hey? Like, it's really... Not so far, but... I'm... Yeah. I was assuming there might be a face melter coming here at some point. It is. It's just driven by that very sort of mechanical drum beat, staccato bass line. And again, the again everything's very spiky. In the song, right? and deliberately so, obviously, but in the vocals, are punchy, it's like it's really got lots of attack to it, lots of jagged edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that when it breaks into the chorus, it's got a bit more expanse to it because you've got it's you know you've got some of those. I think there's some keyboards in there, right? There's some you know some little hits in there, so it's a little yeah. bit more melodic. It's not quite as you know not quite as spartan. Yeah, and so yeah, with the, with the, there's that piano. There's just this sort of very easy like on the probably ones and threes or maybe just on the ones those those chords that chord progression on the piano gives it a bit of just a little bit of sonic interest because you couldn't carry the whole song on like the way it was in the verse yeah, so. it gives it a lift right yeah gives it a lift ideally that's you know when you hit the chorus you should it should lift in some in some way well let's see what it lifts to and now it drops back out So lyrically, this is, I, I think I commented on this with um, Evan for Everyone, where Roger Taylor, when he's writing, when he tries to be sort of sincere and earnest, it quite often comes off as just being a bit, makes your balls shrivel and your belly button tighten. You know, it's not, it doesn't always feel great. This one's a kind of a weird little hybrid. Because the verses, right? So this street money's in this street, honey's a mean street. Living in this street, honey needs a mean street. We've got criminals, da da da. So he's got lots of alliteration, lots of the same, the yeah. rhyme over and over and over again. But then the action this day in the chorus, that's more of a, a call to arms, more of a hopeful sort of thing again. But he manages to blend it here, I think. I think lyrically, this one kind of works for me. I know that we lambasted his lyrics in an earlier episode, but I, yeah, these this is good. I like it. I, I like the lyrics in this one. It's it's yeah. I don't know more to say. Yeah, this is great, like a, a great line. Your mind, honey, is a bleak place. Yeah, living in your mind's living in a blank space. Your mind's coming from a rat race. I don't know. That's yeah. I like it's, it. It's got a bit of punch to it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Roger. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Big delay on that vocal, hey? There's a big delay, yeah. Yeah. There's a big delay for sure. Uh, you know, and the the chord structure is not, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be. It's, chord structure is not overly complex. Uh, just kind of seems like it follows like the one, four, five, and maybe there's a couple little other little things in there. But yeah, well, you're right. I'm not exactly sure where we are in the song because I wasn't looking at that page. But 
Yeah, no Brian May, no Brian May uh, noodly noodly. No, no noodly noodly. No, no woodly woodly woodly. Hoodla hoodla. I think you posted that on Twitter. I've never seen that. Oh no, to my me and you were having a conversation with my brother. I'd never seen that written down. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. hoodla hoodla. That's exactly what it is. It is, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're heading into. I think if I remember, I think it's a little bit of a bridge here, Randy. Is this a B section or something? I yeah, think it is. That saxophone is played by Italian session musician Dino Solera. And uh it's interesting just as I as I was listening to it how uh how unaffected the, the sound was. It's just it's just a sax honking to a mic. It sounds very close. Right. Which is sort of interesting, actually, but uh not not my favorite sax solo I've ever heard. No, for sure. It it's but it's got sort of almost like a not quite, but closer like a men at work thing. Where it's very, again, it's kind of rhythmic and it's not really, it's not a face melting sax solo. It's just kind mm -hmm. of adding a bit of texture to what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the focus, but yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not ripping it up. Yeah, I mean, clearly it was a decision made intentionally. And I want to see here. I wonder if it's Roger playing synth on that because. Oh this... yeah, I was gonna say. I was going to say, I bet you any money that's the uh, Oberheim OBX uh, 10 synth. Yeah. The OBX synth, yeah. Well, yeah, that, and that was definitely used a lot, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, so it's, it's Rog playing that, and there's a lot of synth on this, and it, it, it sort of almost presages a track on this album uh, called Last Blabras Day Amour, which uses that sort of arpeggiated... Um, progression really heavily it leans it opens the song with it and leans into it so that's kind of right. interesting that i wonder what the sequence was in terms of sort of writing those those two songs which one came first so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sounds like the love machine guitar riff actually on, on the right hand side i don't think i know that I'm one just a love machine do 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 for nobody but you. Who sings that? Like so it's originally by the uh, Miracles. Okay, but well, let, me, uh, let me just bring that up, Randy. Let's. Uh... It's it's the same but different, or or different but the same. However you want to put it, it just reminded me of it. You know. Yeah, well, just I, I'm just gonna play a I'll play a couple sacks of it here because I think it's funny when you, you know, when you hear something something in a in a song. And it immediately just reminds you of something else. It triggers something else. I always like those associations. I know that, you know, how many times have I said to you that, you know, you play me a new song and it's, oh, that kind of reminds me of, you know, this, a song this, that you've written. It's like, it reminds me of this or that, or that little bit reminds me of the police or that reminds me of this or whatever, you know. So we have those connections that we build in our brains. And I, I just, I, I always like those. I find those really interesting, and especially when you don't hear what someone else does, which is super, always super cool. Yeah. And, 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 and further to that, we're all just, uh, 
anybody who's writing a song, we're just a sum of everything that we've heard. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, and if these guys were truly exploring more of the R and B and disco and stuff, well, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility they're listening to Smokey Robinson, right? Yeah, for sure. So I'll just play, like I said, I'll play a, a couple, three, four bars here of this, and just just try you leave it to our listeners, and then we'll invite some comments on whether they hear the similarity. So. Yeah, man. I mean, Hot Space has got some of those, <laughs> some of those grooves on it. I, I kind of hear where you're coming from with that. So, yeah, yeah, it's not out of the, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they were, you know, influenced by the by the style of of Smokey yeah. Robinson and the Miracles. Ah, the old classic fade out. <laughs> we got nothing left. Let's just fade the fucker out. We can't even, we don't even have the strength to modulate. <laughs> we're just going to stay in this key and we're going to fade that shit out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, funny, like listening back to that one, I think when I listened to Hot Space as a young man, when I was, when it came up, well, obviously when it came out, I would have been nine, I think it was 82, right? Hot Space. Mm-hmm. So I'd yeah, have been a young man and, and a rock fan. Like I was a rocker and, and I certainly loved Queen because they were a rock band. And so I wouldn't have connected with a lot of these songs, especially this one. But listening back to it now, it's like, gosh, I kind of like this track. It's pretty cool. Like I said, I don't know that the drum machine does it huge favors. I think if you've got Rog playing on that, you know, and and because, you know, a lot of well, funk bands have real fucking drummers, right? Smokey Robinson certainly had a real drummer. Um, I, I don't think it would suffer from that. I kind of understand where sonically they were trying to get to, I suppose. I was just going to say, you, you say, you know, Smokey didn't have a drum machine and, and I bet you any money had he had one, they would have used it, right? It yeah. just it was a tool that For wasn't sure. available at that time. And I don't think that the track suffers from not having Roger Taylor play on it. No. I don't I think suppose, it suffers. No. I, I really genuinely don't. And I, I guess like there's one comment I can't remember if it was in the book or on Wikipedia, and we're saying making that sort of Prince comparison. I suppose that Prince was probably the single biggest, most successful exponent of that Lindrum sound, right? With you know, let's go crazy and 1999 and all these songs that were just heavy with it. And I think that you know, in '82, I don't know, Prince was pretty well. I think his first album was what '78. But Prince yeah. was starting to make a bit of a noise in 82, I think. So, yeah, I think you might be putting a little too much in Prince and the Lindrum because that that, that was ubiquitous for yeah. many, many years. Even even in little shithole fucking Saskatchewan, there was guys programming Lindrums on, on yeah. recordings. So they were it was, it was a worldwide phenomenon. For sure. I Just to me, that when I hear that sound, Prince is the first artist I think of. Let's go crazy. Right, that, that right. It's, it's that drum intro to "Let's Go Crazy." That I always, I'm going to bring that up quickly. Just hang on. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I probably think ZZ Top. I'm sure that was a. I'm sure that was a Lindrum on the Eliminator. Yeah. So when I again, like talking about, I mean, obviously, as you say, I mean, a million, a million, two million, three million, maybe, big bands used that drum sound, but again, just to me, that association is always Prince, and I think it was because. When you listen to Let's Go Crazy, it's even, it's basically the same beat. So if you just have a quick listen to. Yeah. 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 Yeah
kick on yep. the ones and threes, snare on the twos and fours. It's a straight back, but it's like it's got that that same rhythmic propulsion to it. So yeah, that, that's just what spot. Maybe that's why I was thinking Prince because of that specific beat. I don't know. Maybe. Right, right, right. Uh, the wiki page says that that two also was a uh, uh, Queen songs is in is in two four, so that means you get two beats in each measure. Yeah, and a quarter note receives one count. So uh, it is kind of it is kind of odd. It's quick. It's a two step, right? You can two step to that fucker. <laughs> Not well. You and I can't two step because we don't dance. But people who can two step could two step to this song. I think they could. Okay, so. In terms of you know we 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 basically on this podcast we we give it a thumbs up basically a thumbs up or thumbs down we don't even have a middle ground which um you know and so one of our listeners had actually asked if we would consider putting in a a middle vote so either yes no or eh it's, it's, it's all right but I kind of like having the yes no because it forces you to come down on one side of the fence or the other and again would explain to our listeners we're not saying that anything we say or if i say something bites the dust or randy says something bites the dust, doesn't necessarily mean we're saying it's a shit song it's just sort of for me always anyways it's if i'm thinking about the entire queen catalog is this sort of in that top 56 percent or is it a little bit lacking or is there something that's missing from it yeah and that's uh and that's a fair point too kev because uh we might we might say we might upvote or downvote a song uh, and maybe it's only 51% or 49, right? You know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, rank it, which, you know, we could certainly could rank the songs, but uh, we had decided the 50-50 format was probably the best. Okay, so 50-50 format, Randy. For you, action this day. Is this one of the champions or is this song going to bite the dust? Hey, Kevin, well, you know what? The same question right back at you. Does this uh, bite the dust or is this the champion? Okay. This was a close one for me, definitely. And I think I got a little bit more out of it than I thought I was going to. So I will say... And I think it's one of the... Well, not one of the few. That I say, hot space is probably going to be. I'm guessing fifty fifty, or sixty forty, maybe for me. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of from going back from memory and sort of thinking back to, well, you know, did I love this one? Did I not? But this one again, this one surprised me a little bit. And again, I think it's one of Roger Taylor's lyrics that I like. It's got enough. It's got enough sort of gristle in it that you know when he's kind of leaning into his punk leanings. There's a, there's a lot of that in there. And I think he gets the sort of the sentiment in the chorus, the balance in that's just about right. And he doesn't go too far into me wanting to kill myself with malice, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I guess uh I guess maybe if if hot space is more disco and R and B oriented, then maybe I might like some of the stuff more than you. I'm uh, which so. which is yeah which is interesting and i mean it's not like i don't like rock because i certainly do but maybe i just like disco and r&b a bit more than you and and you know i i thought this was a really a really cool tune i thought i mean of course freddie's vo vocals are killer oh, i mean yeah and uh and I, I particularly and i'm gonna listen to it again and maybe we'll talk a little more about this next week but uh 
because this is the first time I've heard it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really enjoyed the verses, and I would say that I invo- enjoyed the verses more than the the chorus. The choruses, I thought that the verses are are really strong. I think it's uh, yeah, it was my favorite part of the tune. And like I said, now I mean, I'll listen to it again and get a, you know, without stopping, starting it a hundred times and, yeah. and get a real sense of it. But but yeah, that's my takeaway. Yeah, no, I again, I totally get that. And I, again, I think that the lyrics in the chorus are really good in sorry in the verse are really good and also you get that this is one of those songs where you've got freddie and roger taking cold lead and i think it's one of those songs that definitely if there's a version out there and i'm not too sure if there is maybe i should search for that if there's a version of this with roger taylor singing this alone without freddie in there i don't think it would stand up as as we've talked about roger taylor's a fantastic vocalist but freddie's attack in those verses is just ferocious absolutely incredible but that yeah. pre-chorus, so I love that the the lyrics in the pre-chorus are super cool too. So you know mm-hmm. they change slightly, but you know it's kind of neat. the The second one is, but there's a heartbeat pulse that keeps on pumping like a jukebox playing that same dead record. Dead record, yeah. That's a really cool lyric, man. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, yeah. There's a heartbeat. Yeah, back to the days when jukeboxes were a thing. But yeah, one heartbeat pulse and same dead record so they you know we're talking about flatlining yeah. right so okay this is i think this is the thing that's the most frustrating thing for me certainly and i think a lot of queen fans is that roger taylor was capable of writing some really fucking great lyrics yeah. and then sometimes it's like what the <laughs> fuck are you did you, is this a fever dream like why have you even written these down he was just making sausage <laughs> <laughs> i have i have what i call what i call uh placeholder placeholder lyrics yeah where as you're writing a song, you know, you can't, you can't think of something better. So you just go with what you got. And yeah, sometimes it sounds like Roger doesn't go back and edit himself. Uh, you know, maybe this one he did, maybe he had more time. Who knows? Who knows? I don't, I'm not sure his process, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, all in all, I, I like the lyrics. I, I think it's good. You know, it would be nice to have a, a, a Brian, a Brian solo, but you know, Brian soloed enough, hey? Do you not think though? Like, I mean, what, <laughs> okay, let's talk about that because that might be a slight knock on the song. Is that sax solo does feel a bit out of place? Like, it, I, I don't mind it. Like, I don't hate it, but it, it's a bit sort of. It almost seems a bit tacked on. Well, I wonder if it was a a, a trend, like chasing a trend. Because I'm not sure if you remember, but in the '80s and certainly onward, you know, maybe till the '90s, even uh, the big bands all had a sax saxophone in them yeah so maybe they were just jumping on that maybe it was like oh hey man you know let's get a sax I, on this i here. blame kenny g fuck that guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> what that is, but uh but yeah and you know and then just on a, on a side note and i'm sure uh the italian saxophone player's name who i don't know is is a super wonderful talented player uh but not my favorite sax solo so i, I mean there really could have been more done and that's just my my own personal opinion, obviously. Yeah. So, but he's given, but he's given, he's given sax players a, a fucking bad name. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's all right. He's really, <laughs> old Gino. What's his name? Uh, it's not Gino, is it? That's a fucking stereotype there for you. Mm-hmm. Dino. Oh, it's not far off. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure Dino's great, and he was probably just playing what what you know somebody told him to go, you know, to do. So yeah, for sure. But just, yeah, I don't know. He it took just, his 300 bucks and he says, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Hey, Dino, how was work today? Oh, yeah. I played on this fucking weird fucking song by this rock band who I've never heard of. <laughs> hot space, more like hot shit. 
Oh, good Lord. Well, you know, again, I think we've reached that time in the podcast where we could go on, but I think we've probably stretched the patience of everyone who's listening to the to a degree that which we don't have to. Yes, I would say that's the case. And you know what, Kevin? Uh, by the way, folks, Kevin does our uh, audio edit. Why don't you just tighten it up a little bit so they don't have to listen to us stammer and <laughs> so, sound like more idiotic than we truly are. So cut it down to like 10 minutes, just the song yeah. and just a little bit of a, bit, a yeah. little bit of chat, I think, maybe? Yeah, i tell you what. How about you just play the song and then uh, we'll hire some professionals to talk about it afterwards. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this up, Randy. Um, we can finish our beer and let these mm-hmm. good people get back to their lives. And we'll leave the last word, as we always do, to Mr. Freddie Mercury. In rock history, stay tuned. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.